Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the show. We're going to hop right back in with Corey Miller. Uh, Sean's going to open us up in prayer real quick. To God, just thank you for this day. Thank you for these for these men. Thank you for uh, Corey, our guest today. And uh, Lord, just help us to to shine light into uh, the lives of our listeners and uh, and just exhibit the the, the love of, of Jesus. And uh, Lord, just help us to have a great rest of our weekend. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're here with Corey, who is the director of event presentation, basically the executive, also the executive producer for for game day entertainment in the stadium. Uh, if you hadn't listened to the last podcast, hop back over there and listen to the one uh, previous so you can catch up. So we've talked about Corey's kind of his career path, how he got to where where he is now, uh, some details on that. But we, what we want to dive into right now is uh, we just had, or the Cowboys just had their Thanksgiving day game which is like it's like a dadgum super bowl i mean that's that's how they prepare for it uh as far as on Corey's in i'm sure the players do too um but it's a massive game this last one uh was the most Corey told me this the most watched game regular in the season game. regular season game in the nfl since 1990 wow. wow that's how big like the the cowboys are and how how many people watch them so Corey, that's not stressful at all when you're <laughs> putting the event on the presentation of the event, right? Walk us through your day of uh, this, this past Thursday and that Thanksgiving game. So the, you know, Thanksgiving is, is obviously the, the one unique one that, that we get every year. Um, and, and it's, it's a special one because it's, it, obviously we're spending Thanksgiving with a lot of people that, that have made that a tradition for, for themselves as fans to show up to those games every year. Um, and, and so we have, um, a partnership with the Salvation Army and, and the the Thanksgiving game every year is the Red Kettle kickoff concert. Um, so the planning for that starts, you know, months before, um, before that game. So we're, you know, finding an artist, um, and, and getting all those details worked out. And then about, uh, two weeks prior, we really start digging into every, detail stages are being built you know months in advance um because it's different for every every year's artist um and then starting on tuesday we start kind of our our sound checks and rehearsals for that um and then wednesday is our main rehearsal uh with the artist and then thursday is show day and it's it's unique from a from a production standpoint in that I've also got a football game to produce. And so we have a group that comes in every year. There's two groups that come in every year to kind of play a part in that production um, and, and kind of working as a as a massive team of people to to produce a 20-minute halftime um, that that is unique. Most halftimes are 13 minutes, um, and, and every year. For us, Thanksgiving is 20, um, and it's – 
it's actually a fun stress, as crazy as that may sound, just because it's it's unique. And, and I think for me, that's what keeps me engaged in this job just transparently is that there's always something different. Challenge. Hmm. Always a challenge. A but fun I, stress. That's pretty cool. I've it's never... a fun stress. It's it's a challenge, but but I like to say challenges are just opportunities to, to do something to awesome. So yeah. it's 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 you know, you look at the the different artists, different needs of that artist, different needs from the networks, um, because that's a, a live uh, on air um, performance. So lots of, lots of hurdles that, that go through that, but you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's one of those very fulfilling things that when it's all said and done, it's like, wow, we, we somehow pulled that off when lots of, lots of questions going in of like, man, you know, but that's why we, that's why we, we <clears throat> real we, quick on the artist. Um, that's, so are you, are you having to reach out to like Luke Combs was mm-hmm. y'all's guy, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, how, are you the one having to reach out to this person? And 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 do they have a second part of that question? Is do they have like um, these stipulations that you, they place on you, or you or are y'all the ones saying this is how it's going to be done? Well, so it's it's a collaborative effort. Um, there are you know there there are parameters that that go into it. Um, I don't necessarily reach out to the individual artists. Um, I do have someone on my staff that is a part of that group that's that's reaching out to. I mean, we collectively put options out there of who we think would sure. be, you know, a, a a good act. But when you get to like the vetting of it, it's it's a three part vet, right? So Salvation Army has to vet that because that person is representing them um, mm-hmm. during that concert. the The network has to 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 vet that to make sure that you know. Obviously, if you can get past the Salvation Army part, everybody should be good. Um, but then it's the NFL, and then the Cowboys are all, you know, vetting vetting those folks. So, so the Salvation advance. Army has a huge say-so. Yes. In, so if they didn't like Luke Combs, they'd be like, no. It's not so much about like. It's it's the the um, public perception and their, you know, their backgrounds. The, sure. You know, are they move in the right uh, direction sure. that would represent their so makes no, sense. nobody threw Morgan Wallen out for the halftime show just because it was stuff that like he wouldn't have been <laughs> one there's a I mean you know it's it, there's a lot that yeah. and and it's not always that someone you know obviously none of us are spotless so it's 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 right it's it's you know you, you but you you try to find someone who who is doing the right thing sure how who far in advance how far in advance is that decision? For the halftime, I mean, best case scenario. Best case, best case worst case. Maybe. Best case is is a month out, <laughs> maybe a little more. Worst case is three two, days, two, <laughs> nah, two three weeks. Okay, yeah. okay. So if you get down to two weeks, you're like, crap. Here we go. <laughs> is this going to be? Yeah. Because because you've got stages, you got all these things you said that are customized for that individual or that the stage. The stage is custom, but we don't we don't wait for an artist to, okay. to build okay. that stage. That makes sense. Um, it's so it's so interesting because uh I don't think anybody ever thinks about really what goes into all that. Sure. I mean it's it's super cool. So whenever you sit back and you see that happen, you know, in a twenty minute halftime show, you have n- nobody has a clue that, hey, six weeks ago we started preparing for this There's thing. There's a lesson in there. A yeah. big lesson. Yeah. Yeah. How many people on two on your final walkthrough on Wednesday? You said you had two other groups that come in. 
roughly. Well, how many people are working together to do a run through to be sure that it's all kosher? So you got about two hundred stagehands that wow. are that are, and and the the trick of that. So there's probably three hundred people okay. that are that are involved. You know, but it's it's timing too, right? Like you got to get on in a certain amount of time. You got to get off in a certain mm-hmm. amount of time, and so you know it's it's everybody's got to work hand in hand and very very coordinated efficiently how many how many halftime shows in the NFL are televised every year is there just two thanksgiving and, and super the super bowl. bowl there's just two and you have one every year every year can wow. we be on the stage crew next year? Sure. <laughs> sure. Hey, I we'll, bet that's a cheap paying job that they'll yeah. take all that shit. We'll, we'll do it for free. That's right. Yeah. Just, I'll, I'll clean that helmet. Hey, guys, if you, if you see them, like what they're doing, they are running, pushing these stage materials. And, like, if, as far as from Corey's perspective, if they go over, their team gets fined, correct? Yeah. Per uh, second. <laughs> Oh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> There's Everybody a lot got, of intensity. Every team got fined. The fi- <laughs> fines by the network? Fines by the NFL. Okay. Wow. Some kind of repercussion. I don't know all the later. details of that. He didn't want to talk about yeah, that. We're not, <laughs> we're not gonna talk, we're not gonna talk about that. So uh you get through, you know, it you get all that planned, you get it worked out. Game day, we're waking up at whatever, seven o'clock, getting to the stadium, five o'clock. And and what it, what does your game day look like from the time that you get there on game day? So if it's a let's call it a noon game, I get there roughly four forty five five in the morning. Um, I try to get there, you know, a, a little while before everybody else, just so I can sit. Okay, okay, hold on. So you're walking into the stadium quite possibly as the first person there. Uh, not the first person, but Close. first one of of my staff. Yeah, I mean, there's. That's got to feel pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, the, the how massive that thing is. I've never been in it when there's not 90,000 people. Do I you have your imagine. own parking spot? No. Oh, <laughs> oh I have a close parking I mean, spot. When you're 445, you probably <laughs> yeah. park as close yeah. as you want yeah. to, yeah. I yeah. hope. Yeah. Um, That's cool. But you get there, you know, I get there early because, I, you know, I want to have that time to, to sit. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, noon games are tough because – it's so early when I when I'm having to get there, but it started all the way back from Texas Stadium. Every like every game day morning, like I would talk to my dad, we would pray, go to the stadium. Now mom has filled that role, mm-hmm. but it's 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 that time for me to to dial in and try because of the stressful atmosphere that it that happens at kickoff. It's imperative that I have that time to just turn off and just try and get my mind in a place that, you know, I always pray, let me use words that build up and not tear down because it's very easy in those stressful moments to spiral and it's, and they happen inevitably every single game. But it's, it's, it's really for me that just being intentional with the things that I'm doing and intentional with, you know, thinking before I react to something and when I was younger in in this role it was I was pretty reactive and it what I found and and there were others in other roles before me that that were very reactive and I could see how that created an environment in in the control room where you know it's it's 
we used to 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 kind of equate it to like running on a banana peel, and inevitably that banana peel is going to make you slip in a game, and you're going to fall down. But the goal is to stay on it as long as you possibly can, because that's just going to carry the momentum of of positivity, you know, in that environment. Um, but live entertainment, there's no do over, so it's it's we have to move on. We you know you something happens in a game that's not ideal, we have to move on. And so give us an example because I would guess to most people there's some things that you know, oh man, that was not good where I may not ever catch it. Like is it something where we there, you didn't pan to where you needed to pan or is is there is it bigger than that? Uh it's well, those those derail me sometimes too. But it, and 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 look, I'll say in my perspective and everybody else around me would tell you this, I would never say I've had a perfect game, ever. And that's just because if one thing is not to plan, then there it goes. Um, It's usually, you know, it's things for the most part that others wouldn't notice. But but my goal is to create the tightest game that I possibly can, and that is from element to replays to – camera shots and having those happen exactly the way that they are and exactly at the time that they're supposed to happen. And they, I mean, you got 30 people that are making those button pushes, you know, for lack of better terms. And so it, it just doesn't happen that way. So, um, I think real quick, Corey, to, for the listener, when you're watching the game on TV, they are producing that game for you. There's, there's people in there, there's announcers, there's um, people that are running the replays. They're going, hey, camera one, camera two, two to one, mm-hmm. one to seven. All right, right here, hold here, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that is the, it's essentially the same presentation that Corey is giving in the stadium, plus all the entertainment aspects of, of what he does too. So when you're watching a game, you can uh, understanding what he does is basically it's, it's the product that's put on the TV but it's a di- to me, it's a different level of what you have to do because you have to incorporate fan, uh, a real true fan experience inside your entertainment value as well. Right. So he's got. Two, on, you're really operating two things at once, in the grand scheme, was what I'm seeing on my TV or what I'm seeing in right. the stadium. Well, what what you're seeing the the easiest way to to kind of tie that together is when the broadcast goes to a two minute and twenty second TV timeout. I've got two minutes and 20 seconds to feel with fan engaging content. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's, that's the other piece where in a broadcast, they're just rolling commercials, getting ready to come back and do whatever else they're going to do for, for the actual broadcast. Whereas when we go to timeout, we're going straight into two minutes and 20 seconds. How many, worth of, how many two minute and 20 second stretches are there typically that you have to So fill? there are, well, there's, Four breaks per quarter. So the first quarter has um, four total breaks. And then the second quarter, fourth quarter have essentially five because you've got the two-minute warning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess is that 19, 18. A lot of downtime. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a, that's multitasking on, an, on another level. There's where that ADD kicks in, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's, it's like the thing about it is, is – it's not only like where it helps me to stay engaged is I may have a break, right? Like the first break is I would consider an offensive break. So if we're on offense, this break works perfect because it's kind of 
you know, maybe showing a community feature, followed by maybe a fan cam, followed by, you know, something else. And so if we're on, if we're coming back on defense, that doesn't necessarily play there because I want coming out of that break to re-engage the fans from a football perspective. So I need to switch some breaks around. So usually after kickoff, my script changes probably 80% just as shuffling things around to make it make it intentional for – what we need the fans to do and when we need them to do it. Wow. That's cool. Very That's cool. Really cool. Yep. All right. So we've, we've walked through like your game day prep. You're coming in at four 45, you wake up, your mom calls you or you, you know, you call her, you, you pray, get your mind right. We get to the stadium as your staff start coming in. How are you guys, how are you mentally preparing them for what's about to happen? So we get there, and so for a you know for a noon kick, six a.m. is their call time, um, and then six fifteen we do a a um, crew meeting with all of the crew uh, up in the control room area, and we walk through the day. We walk through you know all of the different elements that are happening. Most of my crew has been there for a bunch of years. You know the majority of our crew on a game day is freelance, so I don't have daily communication with them. So it's imperative for me to kind of communicate the importance of different things um, that may be for that game and and kind of paint the picture for them of what they're about to go through when we rehearse uh, prior to the game. Um, And then once we get through that meeting, then we go in the control room, we rehearse. So if it's a halftime, we'll have, you know, a halftime rehearsal, then we'll have a cheerleader rehearsal, and then um, we're coordinating, you know, typically we have a 30 to 30-yard flag, um, so I've got, you know, 70 to a hundred military that are coming in, um, that are going to rehearse that with our anthem. Um, and then w- once we get that, I try to always leave ourselves 30 minutes before doors open for everybody to just step away, catch their breath. And then we get back to it, you know, when doors open, because for us, it doesn't just start when kickoff happens. It starts, you know, three hours, four hours prior to, to kick. So our plazas. On a noon game, open three hours, and then for all other games, four hours. So that's a show in itself that's happening outside the building. And then once doors open two hours prior to kick, we are producing a full pregame show um, inside the building. Uh, and then, obviously, roughly 28 minutes prior to kickoff, we, we start our main show for, for the in-stadium crowd. Hmm. That sounds like a lot. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot going on there. It sounds yeah. like I, a, a a amazing job, but it sounds like a job that, like you said, Corey, it you you got passed up a few times. Maybe you wouldn't have been prepared. 100%. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like how many, how much practice and and how much knowledge would you have to have about the goings on of how everything operates before you step into that operational role? Can you role? can you imagine like you know? walking into Cowboy Stadium and then all of a sudden that's your job and somebody just throwing this in your lap and be like, "Hey, Sean, no man, you got to do this." Or Obi, this is this is your job today. It would be a tragedy. I mean, I, it would just fall yeah. apart. It I would, would be, go, "Who's yeah, been here the longest?" <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me what to do. <laughs> But I I also look at that as, like, that that 1 billion percent was God laying those steps out for me of, like, yeah, man, you can be defeated that maybe you got looked over or whatever, but 
it was like the provision of, yeah, this was going to be a train wreck, and you it would have set you up for failure to fall on your face, and then then what? So sure. it, it, it I can look back and not have not one doubt that it happened when it was supposed to happen. Awesome. And when it's time to do something else, I'm confident that the good Lord will, will direct that too. All right, so for our listeners, I know the, the you heard all this good stuff. And in the back of your head, you're just thinking, I wonder if he meets any of the players. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Do you have any, just to, to answer our listeners, do you have any interaction with players, if so? Yeah, I'm, I mean, over the years, a lot. Um, you know, we do a media days every year where we have all the players come through different stations that we're shooting our intro videos, open videos, all of those things. Um, these last two years, obviously, have been different because we haven't, had those opportunities because of, of the different protocols uh, that are in place. But, um, you know, the guys are, the guys are great. They, you know, they, they, and, and what's funny is like back in the day, like your Jason Wittens of the world, you know, early on he was, he was fine doing that. And we didn't always do that, you know, before probably maybe two years into three years into the, the new stadium. Um, but then some of those older vets, like they're like, oh, here we go again. I got to go run through stations all day long. These newer guys, I think, have a different appreciation for their visibility, and so they're all for it. They, you know, they they love, you know, and I, it's funny because we would have you know intro videos that we would shoot back in the day, and and guys would just complain about, oh, here we go again, and then. Two weeks later, after they see the intro video on the video board, they're like, man, why wasn't I in it? And I'm like, because you complained and didn't want to shoot it. It's like, <laughs> it's like we can work this out. You just got to work with me. But, yeah, man, it, it's it's different um, different interaction, right? Like, I'm, It's not like I'm best friends with, with these guys, but there definitely have been some guys over the years that, that I've gotten to know pretty well and, and – that's so, uh, of everybody. Oh, sorry. I oh, think no. you're going to ask the same question. Yeah, of of everybody that you've had interaction with, who, who do you feel like is one of the most salt of the earth, um, you know, people? Just over the years, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, somebody just super down to earth and, and just you felt like were super grounded. Probably Jason Witten was probably really? that, that guy. He, he, he seems like that type of guy. He just, definitely is. I mean, he, you know, he just he, – he was all about business, but he – also understood just like what hit like his um demeanor demeanor but but his the public perception of him what being all american guy he was the same on the backside like he was the same in the locker room he he you know he he was a teacher in the locker room he was a you know just a great great guy that's awesome all right so you you obviously have a responsibility uh, to a lot of people, right? A lot of people that you work for that are over you and a lot of people that work for you game day or not game day or whatever. So every day, you know, what what are you doing to mentally prepare in your relationship with the Lord in, in order to, what did you say your prayer was? Use your words to build, build up other, and not, and build not up break down. And not tear down. So what? how, how are you... Uh, building into other people just some practical advice you know using using the bible and, and the holy spirit and god's wisdom you know i think i think the biggest thing is is to be encouraging because 
you know, I always look at people of like, man, you, you have no idea what that person, you know, someone comes in super grumpy. I can look at that from a standpoint of, man, like this is going to make a game day tough or, or a work day tough, but you have no idea what that person went through, you know, the day before or that, you know, what they're dealing with in their personal lives. And so for me, it's, it's, it's very important to, to be as encouraging as I possibly can to those folks, you know, whoever they may be. Um, and, and, you know, I always tell, tell my, my full-time staff, like with that are overseeing any other group, I was like, look, it's, it's our job to get these people to do a job for us. So approach every day and and every interaction that way in that, man, like if you go hard at somebody all the time or, or someone's not performing at, at their level that they should be, man, think about that they may be going through something difficult on the back end. And so if you just come at them hard, that's not fixing anything. That's not going to build up. That's definitely going to tear down and so you know it's it's that's the I think for me the biggest um just I guess position that I take in everything that I'm doing is is do my and I don't always do it well um but is is to build people up and and encourage people and you know it's it's it just in our world it's so important because you know it there's so many people that you're dealing with that so many different things could be going on in their lives that you have no idea about. And so um, it's, it, for me, it's just that big encouragement of, of, you know, uplifting people and, you know, hugging people's necks and, you know, the things that we should just do as, as Christians of, of, you know, being, being something, you know, maybe you're the only Jesus somebody sees now, I'm not always that perfect reflection of that and and you know but it's something that I definitely strive to be is is like man they they may have no encouragement in their life from any angle maybe just be that person that's That's awesome that's good man uh we're gonna end right there Corey thanks so much for being here and joining us uh you guys out there and gals listening uh be aware and let's think outside of ourselves today and see people for maybe the circumstances that they're in, even if we don't know. Maybe if we could just look outside of ourselves and understand, like Corey was saying, uh, they may be going some, through something that's terrible right now. They may be going through the holidays and not have family members that, that, that they've, you know, a mom and dad or a brother or a sister or uh, just struggling in some area. And the kindness that we can show them will reflect Jesus Appreciate you being here. If you would hit that like, share, subscribe, all those buttons. Um, Help us reach more people for Jesus. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.